podcast host, client manager John Niggle of InTouch Manufacturing Services. InTouch is an American-owned company headquartered in Shenzhen, China, that specializes in everything from quality control product inspections to factory audits, social compliance, and sourcing. My guest today was born in Nanjing, moved to the U.S. when he was nine, and grew up in Reno, Nevada, in the United States. He is a returning guest on the podcast, so please welcome George Huang. Glad to be back. Excellent. George is going to be talking with me a little bit about five ways the smartest importers cut inspection costs, and this is a podcast based on a blog article that he wrote last month. So when we talk about product inspections, I think the benefits to the importer are pretty obvious. They get some boots on the ground in their factory that's making their goods. They get some oversight into what's going on, status of the order, quality levels. What is the reason, I guess, is that cost is a factor for importers. And it's maybe one of the reasons that importers are reluctant to engage with a third party to carry out inspections. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. I think that most companies, they know the value of inspections here in China. But because of the sometimes the high costs due to uh, the large PO or the, the long distance that an inspector has to travel, sometimes they're reluctant to dedicate a part of their resources for inspections for every PO. So we're going to give you some tips on how to lower the cost for inspections so you don't have to completely forego them. Yeah, I wanted to mention before we get into these these five ways, also that the product to some extent comes into play when determining the extent of third-party inspection. So depending on the value of the purchase order and the product being manufactured, that can influence the importer's decision as well. Is that right? Yeah. Depending on the product's uniqueness, its internal value, how similar it is to the other products within its PO, there's different ways to lower the costs. Right. So for something like maybe we can use jewelry as an example. It's a common one like a high ticket item that's maybe more valuable. Generally speaking, importers can afford to invest a little bit more in third-party quality control than something like promotional goods, which is the example that you used in the article. Is that right? Right, that's right. Okay, so the first way that we'll jump into here that you mentioned is lowering the sample size for inspection. How does that affect the cost of inspection? How does it reduce the burden of inspection costs for the importer? So as a buyer, if you understand the AQL standard, uh, if you don't, you could go onto our website to take a look there, but we also explain it in the article. Following the AQL guidelines, there are ways to lower the sample size of an inspection, which means the inspector at the factory will be inspecting a smaller number of the item. Uh, This means that the inspector will in turn be spending less time, and because inspections are charged based on mandates, this would mean a cheaper inspection overall. Okay, so basically, by lowering the number of pieces inspected, that is lowering, decreasing the sample size inspected during the service, the auditor will most likely use up less time for the inspection. And because inspections are billed by time, generally lowering the inspection scope this way will save the importer money on inspection costs. Right. But it's important to note that because the sample size is smaller or the number of pieces inspected is less, that the result of the inspection is less representative of the entire PO. Right. 
Yeah, that's right. And, um, and that's sort of a caveat that we might give to importers when deciding on the inspection scope, which is that if they have a higher inspection scope, generally the inspection is a little bit more thorough, there's more transparency, and they can make more informed decisions when they interpret the inspection results. The second point that you mentioned is merging similar SKUs to save on inspection costs. So how does that work? So the idea behind it is very similar to uh, decreasing sample size. You're basically inspecting overall less pieces of the entire PO. But the difference is when you're combining SKUs, uh, usually you're combining two different SKUs of a very similar item. So for example, if you had 500 red hats and 500 blue hats, but instead of inspecting 80 pieces from each, which would result in a 160-piece inspection, you would combine the two SKUs and only inspect maybe 100 pieces. So overall, you're inspecting less, but it's still giving you a representative result. Right, yeah, this is a point that you mentioned. It was the focus of another article that you wrote earlier. And I think the main caveat here for importers is that they need to be making sure that when they merge SKUs, they only merge similar SKUs. Like you mentioned the example of blue hats, red hats. If they only differ in color, that's one thing. But if different items are going through different processes or if they're made of different materials or what have you, that sort of makes it very risky to merge SKUs and still get the same level of accuracy, I guess, during inspection. Is that right? That's right. Okay. So your third point here is to inspect based on time rather than sample size. So what do you mean by that? So as I stated previously, most inspections that we do, the default is that we use AQL standard. But when you use AQL standard, you have a set sample size that you have to inspect in order to achieve that inspection level. However, if the allowable budget is one man day and you want to complete as many pieces as you can during that day, you can choose to inspect based on the time period as opposed to sample size. Right. I've seen some importers, they come over to China and they're working with a third-party inspection company. And this is especially more frequently the case when they're first working with a supplier or when they're, when they're first placing a trial order. And they'll come in and they'll work oftentimes either beside the inspector or they'll inspect on their own or they'll have a third party go in by themselves and they'll inspect as many pieces as they can in one man day or one business day or what have you. And this allows them to make the most of their time there, ideally, rather than inspecting a sample and being constricted to that sample, even if they may have extra time at the end of the day. Is that right? That's right. But there's also another caveat with this inspection method is that uh, because you're foregoing the AQL standard, the inspection result won't have a pass or fail attached to it. So that means it's harder to interpret as a buyer unless you're very experienced in your rejection rates or your acceptance rates. Right, yeah, so without using AQL sampling, it's difficult for a third party to definitively say, does the order pass inspection, does it fail inspection? Because AQL is used to determine how many defects are acceptable, whether they're major or minor or critical defects. So without that framework in place for inspection, they can really only report the actual results. They can say how many defects they found, what was the nature of the defect. Maybe they can provide photos or video even, but they're not able to say conclusively a simple pass or failing result for the report. The fourth point that you mentioned here is charge back the supplier for failed inspections. 
So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So one issue that a lot of buyers experience is that they'll often have suppliers fail an inspection over and over again for the same PO. Maybe it's for the same reasons. Maybe it's for different reasons. Whatever it is, having to inspect the same PO multiple times really eats into the budget of a buyer. So in order to avoid this, one way as a buyer you can lower your inspection costs is to talk to your supplier about charging back to them if the initial inspection fails. Not only does this take some financial strain off of you as a buyer, this also incentivizes your supplier to resolve any quality issues that they may have had. Right. Yeah, I've seen some some importers do this as well, where they'll tell the supplier up front, or they'll even better. Some of them will note it specifically in the PO that they issue, which is if we see quality issues on the first run or after repeated inspections, we'll start charging back the supplier for those services. And that works for some importers, but it doesn't work for some that maybe are in some unique situations that you mentioned. So, can you tell us specifically about those? Right. So, the three special situations that I believe when you're thinking about charging back to supplier is number one, if your orders, your POs are very small, or the products are very cheap. Number two, if this is your first time working with a supplier, it might not be in your best interest to talk to them about charging back to them. And number three, if the supplier has had a history of problems with cooperation or communication, then it will be difficult to get them to agree to the chargebacks. Right. These three different kind of scenarios here are will commonly make it difficult for an importer to enforce chargebacks. So I guess with a small quantity or cheap product. The implication there is that that particular importer probably isn't highly valuable to the supplier, so they might have less influence over the supplier. And to the second point, it's sort of a similar one, which is if it's a new supplier without an established relationship, they may be willing to work with you more, cooperate with you more. Maybe they need the business particularly, but it will be harder without that established relationship to negotiate any kind of chargeback or financial penalty for failed inspections. And to the last point, similarly, it's it's also self-explanatory, and that is, if you have a history of problems with cooperation with your supplier, particularly where it comes to communication, it would be hard to expect them to cooperate with chargebacks as well. Would you agree with those? Yeah, I think those are right on point. Okay. And the last point that you mentioned here is by inspecting locally, importers can possibly cut inspection costs. So tell us a little bit about that. Right, because inspections are built. Two in two parts. One is the mandates necessary to complete the inspection, and the second is the expenses necessary to get the inspector to the factory in the first place. So let's say that your third-party inspection company only has inspectors in southern China, but your supplier is all the way in Shanghai. This would amount to a significant amount of travel costs and would, in turn, ramp up the inspection costs in total. One way to make sure the overall cost of your inspections are not getting out of control is to make sure that the distance between your local inspector and your supplier is not too far. Right. So pretty much what you're saying is that travel expenses are a significant cost incurred by the importer directly when they hire an inspection company, and 
In an effort to lower these costs, they should hire inspectors that are stationed or located relatively close to the inspection site so that they don't have to travel too far. They don't have to buy flight tickets or maybe even train tickets if they're located close enough to the, to the factory. Is that sort of the gist of, of the argument there? Yeah. Okay. And what is, I guess, the overarching conclusion here for importers? Importers that are hoping to look after the quality and the status of their orders while at the same time, they're a little bit worried about the inspection costs that they might incur in doing so. I think it's very understandable for a lot of buyers to want to find lower cost options because a lot of the inspections can run into the hundreds, sometimes even thousands of dollars for one inspection. But as opposed to foregoing an inspection completely because of the high costs, it's much better to spend a lower amount of money, but to have, make sure that inspection occurs so that you have knowledge of how your PO looks like before it's shipped off. So really, there, there are, we've, we've gone over these ways that importers can save money. Um, that is, they can cut inspection costs while still having people there to verify the quality and still have some transparency in their order, which is really... That's possible for most most any importer. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Okay, great. I want to thank my guest, George Huang, for joining me today to talk about five ways that the smartest importers are cutting their inspection costs. So thank you, George. No problem, John. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in and remind you guys to check out our social media channels, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, where we have some daily updates, some industry news and some quality advice and tips for you guys check us out on youtube for some on-site inspection videos and some interviews with industry experts and finally if you'd like to get in contact with us directly you can drop us a line on our company website that is www.intouchquality.com thank you